It's wonderful to be here this morning. I very much appreciate the opportunity that I have to speak here this morning. Song service has been beautiful. appreciate very much the prayer on my behalf. I appreciate the songs that were led. Lord, make me a servant. This is the prayer I lift up to you. Oh, to be like thee. Oh, to be like thee, blessed Redeemer. This is my constant longing and prayer. Is it our constant longing and prayer to be like Jesus? Is it something we pray about daily? Is Jesus with our mind on Him, what He's done for us, the life that He lived? Do we pray about that every day that we would strive to be like Him? Gladly, gladly I'll forfeit all of earth's treasures. Jesus, Thy perfect likeness to wear. Is it that important to us? Is it that important to us to look like Jesus for a life to look like Him? Now, we can't be the perfect Son of God. We know that. But in our Christian life, every day in our life, we should be striving to become more and more like Jesus. His perfect likeness to bear. In the chorus, we sang, Stamp thine own image deep, deep on my heart. The image of Christ need to be, needs to be stamped deep on our heart so that it affects us. It affects what we say. It affects what we think. It affects what we do. It affects the decisions that we make because the image of Christ is stamped deep on my heart. In John, the 13th chapter... Begin in verse 12. We remember the story of when Christ, He washed the disciples' feet. He humbled Himself. And begin in verse 12, it says, So when He had washed their feet, taken His garments, and sat down again, He said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, you say well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Christ said, do you know what I have done to you? He says that same thing to us. Brothers and sisters, do we know what Christ has done for us? He's left us an example. To do as He has done. We readily call Him Master. We readily call Him Teacher. Are we greater than He? Of course we're not. Why would we not do what He does? Yet that's such a challenge for us to humble ourselves and be a servant. 
to pray that prayer. Lord, make me a servant. Make me like you. But that needs to be our constant, our constant longing in prayer. Matthew, the fifth chapter. You are the light of the world. A light that <clears throat> a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. This world is a dark place. And it needs some light. And the only light that this dark world is going to receive is from Christians. From you and me making a difference. And that light needs to be before men. It is wonderful and what a wonderful blessing uh, for us to come together, to worship together, to remember Christ together and sing these songs and pray together. You being here edifies me. We edify each other. What about all the other time? Jared talked about this, you know, Wednesday night. What about all the other time? Just every point in our life. Is it worship to God? Is it bringing glory to God? It needs to be before men, before those out there, so that they may see. We're the only Bible. We're the world's only Bible. We sing the song and we are. So many don't know to pick up a, pick up a Bible and read about it to see what they need to do to straighten out their lives, to be happy, to serve God, to feel good, to be confident. When death comes, they don't know where to begin. And we're their Bible. Can they see Christ in us so that the glory will go to God? Romans 12, verses 1 and 2 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The light that's in our life needs to be a reflection of Christ. And we can't be conformed. We can't be like a liquid. One of the scientific definitions of a liquid is that a liquid is matter that takes the shape of the container that it's in. If we have a bowl and we pour liquid into it, it's going to take the shape of that bowl. If we have a square Tupperware dish and we pour that water into there, it's going to be in the shape of a square. If we pour it into a gingerbread cookie cutter, it's going to take the shape of a gingerbread cookie cutter. It's going to conform to whatever it is poured into. Brothers and sisters, we cannot be like a liquid. We can't just be poured into the world like so many are and not look any different and not be any different, not speak any different, not do any different, not make any better decisions than anybody else makes. We've got to be different. Not conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of our mind. When we become a Christian, when we obey the gospel, 
we need to begin that transformation. It's not instant. It's not instant. We have to grow. We have to grow spiritually. We have to spend time with our brothers and sisters in Christ. We have to attend the services and we have to grow and study God's Word and pray and develop that new mind so that we can be transformed and think and do differently than what the world is, which is just like a liquid and just taking the shape of the world, doing what the world does. But our obedience to the gospel should just be the beginning. Romans 6 and 4 says, Therefore we are buried with Him through baptism into death, that just as Christ is raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of His death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of His resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. When we obey that gospel, that is just the beginning. We have to do those things. We have to spend time with Christians and attend the assemblies and read and study and pray and grow. When we obey that gospel, that, gospel, that likeness, the likeness of the death, burial, and resurrection, and we, and we rise to walk in that newness of life it needs to be new it needs to be different the beginning of that passage as you remember asked the question should we just continue in sin that grace may abound the answer was God forbid or certainly not don't just continue don't just keep doing what you've been doing don't just keep living the life grow be fruitful be different. Don't be like the world. A life of self-service is just a life of continued slavery to sin. We should no longer be slaves to sin, but have a renewed life. <clears throat> First Peter, the second chapter, beginning of verse 20. It says, well, for what credit is it if when you are beaten for your faults, you take it patiently, but when you do good and suffer... If you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow His steps. This passage and other passages talks about, you know, we can, we can do good. We can, you know, even people in the world that have no knowledge of, of Christ and being a Christian, you know, are, are, are good to those people that are good to them. If their family's good to them, if their friends are good to them, they're good back. In this case, if we do something wrong and suffer for it, you know, most people, reasonable people in the world, realize there's consequences. If we're speeding and we get pulled over and we pick up a ticket, you know, most people aren't going to get have a screaming fit if they were going 15 miles over the speed limit. That's, that's a consequence. But what if we suffer for good? What if we suffer for good? What if we're made fun of? What if we don't get a promotion at work? What if we lose our job because we make decisions about being honest rather than maybe what we're asked to do? What if we have to really give up something in this life to stand up for Christ and to be a Christian? What if, and as we, we were taught, if those of you that, that went to the, to the area-wide meeting, what if persecution really comes 
like it has in other nations. And we're, we're seeing decisions and in laws made to try to protect sin and they can make it hard on us. And we, if we have an opportunity and, and are, are forced to do things that go against our faith, those things may come. If we take that patiently, this is commendable. Because it's for that that we're called. Because Christ left us the example to follow His steps. Big shoes to follow. Boy, that takes different thinking, doesn't it? Thinking that's different from the world. The self-seeking, self-serving mind of the world, which is natural for us. We want fairness, we want justice, and when we're wrong, the natural tendency, the human tendency in us is to get that out there. I've been treated unfairly. What Christ would do is take the wrong and just be an example. And that's the mind that we should have, the new mind. Trying to think and act like Christ should be our lifelong growth process that we work at each and every day of our lives. In Philippians, the second chapter, beginning in verse 4, says, let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interest of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. When we obey that gospel and we begin this growth process, it's be about becoming less and less of self and more and more about Christ. We sing the song sometimes, uh, less of me and, I'm not going to get it right, but less of, less of self and more of thee. And how it's a process. We may begin... More of self and less of thee. But as we begin and, and we transfer, transform from this world into having that mind of Christ, it's about less of self and more of thee. Hopefully to a point of Christian maturity. And it's none of self and all of thee. All of Christ. Everything we do and say is about Christ and His glory. And glory to God. Paul writes to the Philippians and he says, Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. You know, that let tells us that's something that we have to decide to do. That's something that we have to actively do. That's not going to be natural for us, is it? You know, when we let something happen, we allow it to happen. 
And it's not letting myself go fishing. It's letting myself not do something, not go fishing because I need to do this that'll have an opportunity to serve the church and serve someone, and this will be a better decision. And each day of our life, there are so much bigger decisions in that. Decisions all day long about whether we're going to look on our own interest or we're going to look at, look at the interests of others. Because if we, look, if we look at the interests of others, we're going to make decisions that's weird. That's not going to make any sense to the world. That's going to be different. Isn't it? You know, what does that look like? Think about just going to the store. What if we went to the store and everybody had the mind of Christ? Everybody had the mind of a servant. Everybody was putting my interests above their own. Well, I pull out of my car and I'm headed, headed down there and I get to a four-way stop and maybe we get there at the, other, at the same time and that other person just insists that I go first. Nobody's mad at anybody. Insists that I go first. I get to the parking lot and me and another car's looking at this spot and that car sees that I'm coming from behind them. And rather than take this spot, they go ahead and pull on around and go to the next spot so that I can have this closer one. I go in the store. As I go in the store, everybody's smiling and greeting me. Get to the store, trying to find something. Store clerk comes up. Hey, can I help you find something? Yeah, I'm looking for this. Well, let me just take you over there and, and show it to you. And being short of stature like me, they go ahead and reach up there where I can't reach and get it for me. Everybody that I greet in the store is just smiling and friendly, wanting to make sure that everything's working all right for me. You know, there was a Frito shortage earlier in the year, and we get there's only one bag of Fritos, and they, no, you take it. I'll find something else. Can you imagine if everybody had the mind of Christ? What, what that would look like? What that would feel like? How wonderful that would be? But we know that's not in the world. But that has to be like we are. In all that we do and say and think, we need to have that mind of Christ putting others before ourselves interests of others humble himself that's certainly what it takes doesn't it? to be humble to put others first and me after that with action not just saying it not just thinking it but with the action like we just this this scenario we talked about at the store but everything that we do all of our interactions we're going to put them first that's allowing Christ to be shown in our life. Oh, to be like thee, full of compassion, loving, forgiving, tender and kind, helping the helpless, cheering the fainting, seeking the wandering, sinners to find. That's how we need to live our life. 
with love, the love that Christ showed us. In John, the 13th chapter, beginning in verse 34, it says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. Now, to love one another was not a new commandment. Christ wasn't giving them something they had never heard of. The commandment to love, other, to love others, to treat other people well, was not a new commandment. The new commandment was that you love one another as I have loved you. By this, all will know that you're my disciples. It distinguishes us from the world when we love like Christ's love. When we have that compassion for everyone else. Helping those that are helpless anytime that we have an opportunity and need and see a need, we put others first and we're looking and see that need because that's the mind that we have, that mind of Christ that we have. First John, the third chapter, again to verse 16. It says, By this we know love because He laid down His life for us and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has this world's good and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. Don't you want to have confidence in your salvation? Confidence that you're considered righteous, that you're considered right in the sight of God. If we're doing these things, we can have that. We can have peace in our life. But it's by doing. By loving people, it's not just saying it. Or it's not just saying, yeah, I love everybody. But it's showing up in our lives by actions. When we see somebody that's in need and we have what, we, what can help them and we go through with it and actually help them. Have compassion. Show that compassion. Not just in word, but in deed. The things that we do. And it's by that that we know that we're of the truth and can assure our hearts I can know that I'm right in the sight of God by doing the things that He's asked me to do, by following Christ. What does it look like? Well, it looks like 1 Corinthians 13. It suffers long and is kind. It does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. It never fails. A lot of action words in there, isn't it? It's not just a feeling that we have towards people. It's what we do. It's how we will behave ourselves in all the relationships and all the interactions we have with people in the world. It shows that we have that love of Christ in us. 
Galatians, the sixth chapter. It says, Brethren, if any man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such an one in spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest ye also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. What's the law of Christ? To love others as I have loved you. To put others before ourselves. That's the law of Christ. How do we do that? By bearing. Bearing one another's burdens. What does bear mean? Bear means to lift up. To hold a weight. To support. You know, a few days, uh, a few days ago, Kent and I were putting a glass in a fire truck. Hadn't done one like that before. Had some of that urethane, that, that glue that sticks everything, that sticks the glass to the frame, and uh, had to do it a little different, the way I wasn't used to. And it was a big glass, and it was a heavy glass. And I started off the thing by putting my hand in the wrong spot, urethane on my hand, what am I going to do? If I go on like I'm fixing to do, I'm fixing to have glass on, I'm fixing to have urethane on the glass, urethane on the truck, and this is just fixing to be a big mess, and I can't do what I need to do. Kent takes the whole thing, bears the weight of the whole thing while I get myself together. Get my gloves off, get rid of everything that's fixing to make a huge mess so that I can get myself where I can be helpful. Brothers and sisters, we need to do that on a spiritual basis and all other bases with our brothers and sisters in Christ. If someone has, is in a mess, and they can likely just make a bigger mess like I could with that urethane and not helpful in the condition that I was in. Somebody's got to bear the weight. And we need to do that for one another. Verse 9 says, And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially those who are of the household of faith. Sometimes we just get caught up in our own lives that we fail to see. We fail to see what's going on around us. We fail to see what's going on with our brothers and sisters in Christ people that we go to work with, people that we interact with, our friends, our family, we fail to see. We fail to see what we can do for others, how we can help. The last few years, I've learned so much from you about how to bear burdens. seen how creative that you all are in helping people and allowing Christ to be shown in your life in bearing burdens. We need to be doing that for one another and not caught up in our own lives. In John the 8th chapter, 
we see a story. Christ was uh, teaching in the temple. And the scribes and the Pharisees, they bring a woman to him that was caught in the very act of adultery. And they're ready to stone her to death. They want to know what Christ thinks about this. And he pretty much ignores what they say. Remember, he sits down and starts drawing in the sand. And uh, finally, you know, he says, You know, whoever of you is without sin, why don't you go ahead and throw the first drop? Well, you can see them there, kind of looking at each other. And it says that their hearts began to, to work. They were condemned by their own consciences. The rocks start dropping. They start walking away. And before long, the woman and Jesus are there by themselves. Jesus says, where, everybody, where is everybody that accused you? She says, they're gone. And then Christ said, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. We have brothers and sisters in Christ and all of us that struggle sometimes. We struggle spiritually. We struggle with sin. And we don't need to be quick to condemn, but we need to be quick to restore as Christ was. Quick to forgive, quick to support, quick to bear burden and help our brothers and sisters through difficult times. We often say we hate the sin but love the sinner. Too often our actions say we hate the sin and the sinner. We need to be ready to forgive and support and restore as Christ gave us the example. Colossians 3, beginning in verse 12, says, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be ye thankful. Love and forgiveness, as Christ does, does not hold grudges. It restores. Christ taught us in the Sermon of the Mount. If we fail to forgive others, we ourselves will not be forgiven. We all want forgiveness. We need to be ready and willing to forgive others that have sinned against us. Is your life full of bitterness and turmoil? Is it lacking peace? Verse 15, is it lacking the peace of God? Because it's not the peace of God that's ruling in our hearts, but it's the bitterness it's the turmoil that comes with it. And we're not ever going to have the happiness and the peace that we need if we're not able to forgive and to love and have that mind of Christ. It takes commitment. Christ committed 
himself. He was committed to God. Commitment means to give up, to give over. In 1 Peter, the second chapter, verse 21, For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps, who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth, who, when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. He committed himself to his Father. He committed himself to God, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sin, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. It takes commitment to give up our natural human tendencies, those natural desires that we have to put others before ourselves, no matter the cost, as Christ did. Christ was like God. Yet He committed Himself to Him who judges righteously, to His Father. And He gave all that up so that we could be healed, so that we could be restored, so that we could be forgiven. Choices in life that we make every day in who we're going to commit to. Am I going to commit to God or am I going to commit to myself? If I'm committed to myself, I'm not going to forgive. I'm not going to love. I'm not going to look for opportunities to serve other people. I'm not going to see those opportunities. I'm just in this for me and taking care of me and I'm going to fail to see. But if I'm committed to God... I'll put myself down at the bottom of the list and put others first. It's not easy. Hebrews, the 12th chapter, beginning in verse 1. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. You have not yet resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin. It's easy to become weary and discouraged with the trials and challenges in this life because they're coming but when we need to prepare for those is when the skies are clear and the sea is calm that's when we prepare for those coming storms because those storms are what can get us weary and discouraged it can put those thoughts in our mind about just giving up Getting tired of well-doing. We need to prepare in the quiet times for those stormy times. Because if, they're not, if you're not experiencing them right now or in the past, they're coming. Those moments, it's going to shake our faith. But we can persevere with Christ our example. By following Christ's example, we're going to have opportunities to make a difference 
in the lives of others. Because there's people all around us that need Jesus, that need a life, that shows them what to do, that need some positivity around them. And we can choose to do that. Or not. We're going to have opportunities to be of service, to be that light to the world. Or not. In all the situations throughout the day, we can choose to or not. Choose to be conformed, just like a liquid. Or be transformed. Have that renewed mind. Oh, to be like thee. Oh, to be like Christ. First John 2, beginning in verse 1. My little children, these things are right to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And He Himself is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the whole world. Now by this, we know that we know Him, if we keep His commandments. He who says, I know Him, and does not keep His commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in Him. But whoever keeps His word, truly the love of God is perfected in Him. By this we know that we are in Him. He who says He abides in Him ought Himself also to walk just as He walked. To walk. As we learned about, as we learned and studied Wednesday night, it's our manner of life. It's the things we do day in and day out. We need to do it like Christ did it. To do that, we have to know Him. We need to spend time in the Gospels studying about Christ, seeing how He treated people. How do we deal with the relationships? that we have in this life. What's it going to look like? What if in our homes we all had the mind of Christ? We begin the day husband and wives greeting each other like they should begin in the day showing their love towards one another. Kids being cooperative honoring their parents putting their parents above their need to sleep late and not pick up their room and whatever else that you, that you do in the mornings that can get a day started off good or not. And then at the end of the day, again, husband and wives greet each other after a long day in the world like they should, kind towards one another, loving their kids when the kids get home. Showing that love, being kind to one another. And in the middle of that, we're out there in the world, in our jobs, making those decisions, bringing glory to Christ, doing what He would do. And what if everybody was doing that? Can you imagine what the workplace would be like? That's cool. The young people are fixing to get back at it. You know, and though you may be in the meeting, you took this big gulp of oxygen in, and now it's time to hold your breath again because it'll get hard. Be that light. Make decisions. Put others before yourself. 
and let all those other kids around you see Christ in you. Oh, to be like thee. There may be those in the audience this morning that have never put on Christ. You've never obeyed the gospel. If you'd like to do that this morning, we would love for you to. You can come forward. You can confess Christ before this audience. You can, you can confess your, your past sins. Repent of those things. Be buried with Him in baptism. And rise to walk in that newness of life that we've talked about this morning. Maybe you've done that, but you have other needs in your life. And you need the church to help you bear those burdens. And you'd like the prayers, we'd ask you to come forward as we stand and sing.